You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. So I think our 90s horror series is just going to be called the Sarah Reacts episode because I'm so interested to see what Sarah has to say. But for first, we fear from Sarah. Eric, how the hell are you doing? Uh, a little bit paranoid, I guess, too. There we go. Well, yeah, trying to make a, a punny joke, but I just didn't come out. But excited to talk about this movie just because it was a good fun time. Uh, some, some popcorn viewing, I guess. Uh, and we get to have Sarah back in the mix, too. And, and continuing with our 90s teen horror. Is it teen horror that we're doing? Or is I, it I 90s so. horror? I just said 90s horror, but Sarah can be the judge. Is Staying this 90s teen or 90s horror? I think this is 90s horror because we covered The Haunting for the first one, and that was definitely not a teen movie. Although the last two have been, yes. So I think it's 90 horrors movies. Disturbing which, behavior. Go ahead, sorry. Disturbing behavior, which uh, was terrible, um, <laughs> but, has, but has a surprisingly accomplished director. Mm. David Did, Neuter? Yeah. Really accomplished? Yes, this man directed the Red Wedding episode of Game of Thrones. Oh, that's among many other episodes. He also has a run of like fifteen uh, pilots for things like Supernatural and Roswell. Uh, that he, when he was the guy who directed the pilot, this thing went forward. It was like fifteen years of pilots that he did. So he's a gun for hire. Yeah. Okay, he gets so- your stuff made. I mean, like, he gets it made doesn't mean that he gets it made well. I mean, Disturbed Behavior is probably his his classic here, right? This movie's amazing. I, don't, you know, I do not agree with you at all, Sarah. Well, actually, now that you describe it as a person who gets it made, that really, wow, that really sums up a lot of this movie. <laughs> <It does. laughs> so, so Gina's never heard of this movie, and I always like watching movies with her. Uh, and to prepare for the show, and she and sometimes she's never heard of a movie. She wants me to play the trailer on YouTube, and I play her the trailer on YouTube, and she looks at me and says, "This is the greatest '90s like horror movie idea ever. Let's go, <laughs> James Marsden, Katie Holmes, pre Dawson's Creek. Let's go, like like this is this is a big cast: James Marsden, Katie Holmes, Nick Stahl for 1998. This is this is the, the, these things are big gets. Oh yeah." Oh yeah, you, big draw with uh, a lot of the it people. Uh, but when did Dawson's like? Uh, you guys have both said it repeatedly to me, and I, it just will not stick. What was the runtime from Dawson's Creek? Ninety-eight to two thousand three. So, so this is, was right prime Dawson's Creek to cover both Katie Holmes this week and Joshua Jackson last week or last time. So this mm-hmm. is a part of her her breakout year then ninety-eight then mm-hmm. where where she's just uh, uh, really landing the roles and everything's just kind of. Um, Coming out all at once, right? Given, given, putting her face everywhere, all year. So, yeah, this is a big one. And James Marsden and and his his damn jawliner in this movie, mm. and Boyd is looking good. You know, fuck James Marsden. Yes, fuck I would. So yes, much. I would. I no, you would. I hate James Marsden. Oh, how Jordan? What is wrong how dare with you? you? Because he stole your heart. He, st- he stole that thief. He stole her from Noah. You guys know he did. Oh. She was meant to be with Noah. Oh. And he came in with his rich wallet and his, his fancy stuff, Lon. And he was like, it's okay, Allie. 
you know, I'm going to, I'm going to save you. No, yeah. she was meant to be with Noah, that, that scoundrel. All right. Absolutely not. Well, let's, let's get back on track with this movie. I'm Otherwise sorry. we're going to start doing Edward and Jacob all over again here. We would. So uh, this movie was a big movie for me when I was growing up because this was just absolutely crazy. Uh, just these three big stars that were huge in the late 90s. Uh, what a great idea. At the time that I seen this, I never heard of the Stepford Wives. Clearly, this is a ripoff of Stepford Wives. Um, so I was like this hook, line, and sinker just about this idea. And the song from Harvey Danger, Flagpole, Sendetta, just, oh, God. Great thing overall. This is probably the highlight for me of the late 90s horror. Sarah's never seen this. Mm-mm. So, this was my first time. What were you expecting? Uh, so it was described to me as, you know, like the teen version of Stepford Wives, which I have seen. I've read the book. Uh, kind of knew what to expect. And um, this, I feel like, did not deliver. Um, it was <laughs> convoluted. It's left many questions at the end uh i have a far better ending in my head than what actually happened uh and it was it was just not great oh sarah leave those kids alone oh come on okay eric you have to be in my team on this one what uh this listen i think this movie had a little bit of everything for everybody uh to be quite honest with you but there's there's a a a time when did this get released how about that before i get Uh, to, July ninety eight. Before we get to okay, yeah. So right in the middle of the summer. Okay, this is this is I've described it many times. This is a date movie. This is it the is. perfect runtime. The, the perfect everything. You know, the plot doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't matter. We're just two good looking people running, putting ourselves in a dramatic situation and dark pasts, and you guys collide. This is a perfect date movie. And uh, for what that is, I guess I just put a lot of it on the shelf. You know, I don't. I don't really expect much from it so uh i don't know if you were uh jordan um or if you were sarah but it's just you know i've shifted gears into this type of movie to just kind of know that it's bad but enjoy that it is well first no okay okay not gonna give it like a large bag here i'm just putting my no i'm not gonna give it a large bag either but okay wow all right. So the reason why I think this movie is, is so good is because of a lot of things that you said, Eric, is that this is definitely a date movie. This is two good looking people running around and all that stuff. But it has throughout the rest of this 90s horror. And I think when we do the wrap up around Thanksgiving time this year, I think Sarah's going to come back to this and say, you know what, Jordan, you're right, because this one has the most originality to it. Because everything else is going to be so bland. I mean, this is Stepford Wives, but it's really not because they're not robots. This is a brain implant, implant, and they call themselves the Blue Ribbons, which is just ridiculously funny. I mean, the Blue Ribbons, come on. Yeah, it. I uh, mean, just it's great. It's trash. Sounds like an ice cream. Great. It is. It sounds. It it sounds like a cut of beef. And they uh, uh, definitely have this whole kind of that uh, that doo-wop kind of. 50s, uh, you know, ice cream shake uh, or, you know, shop type of feel, the good old feel, good old boys type of thing. Is that the plot, Sarah, you think? Like, like, is that the plot that this doctor wants to turn all these kids into the 50s because the 50s was the good old time? Uh, maybe. 
I I don't know what his intentions were, um, other than it sound. I think what happened. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that his daughter had some behavioral issues, and so he experimented on her first, and then decided to roll this out to another community. Is that right? Am I totally missing this? No, I think no, that's, you are, that but... he had his hospital to work on first, and yeah. then maybe, um, it, maybe due to lack of resource or just wanting to expand into uh, you know, a more uh, controlled climate because so, he felt more confident with the product. That This is what I'm getting at, is that he's you know, taking the next step, right. much, okay. much like a psychopath would. And of course, all these movies that start off with the sexy James Marsden, Steve Clark, Coming into the town as a senior cradle bay. Oh, yeah. It's just right. Statue of a man just coming in. Oh, yeah. With that jacket of his. Why? Why not? (sighs) Why not? And then, like, you know, and then he automatically becomes friends with Nick Stahl, you know, Gavin, which Nick Stahl, you know, I know Nick Stahl from, I think it's two things. I think the first one would be, um, Terminator 3, which he plays John Connor, which, why? I don't know why. Because they, they, John Connor, through Eddie Furlong, has been kind of deceived at like some sort of strung out kind of character, right? I guess A so. burnout. It, yeah. And then also he was the uh, ugly yellow bastard in Sin City. Rachel, have you seen Sin City? I assume you meant me, and no, I have not seen Sin City. <laughs> not, Ra- not Rachel. Why did I say Rachel? <laughs> I was going to wonder that, too. Who the hell's Rachel? Did I say Rachel? You said Rachel. Yeah. yeah. Are you comparing me to Katie Holmes? Is that what you're getting at? Kind of. <laughs> oh, thanks. I'm but... not going to lie. <laughs> I'm going to call you Ray for now on. Hey, oh, Ray. Boy. Right. So, Katie Holmes has this... I'm not, we're not going to break it down C by C, but it's just... It's just the opening is so ridiculous. Okay, we get we get this James Marsden character, Nick Stahl, and then we get this Katie Holmes dancing, kind of on a truck bed, on a car. She was feeling it, okay. And sometimes you just, if you're in the mood and it hits you, especially in a mopey area like wherever the hell they are in the Pacific Northwest, uh, you know, when you feel it, you just got to do it, especially when you're on the bed of your truck. Okay, so she was 20 years old when she made this movie. Do you agree with her dancing? Um, no. No, no. I mean, like, I mean, do you agree with her age? I mean, 20, she could definitely be uh, 17, 18. You no, think I was... usually oh, graduate yeah. high school around 18. Oh, you're asking? Yes, if... yes. I think she could. She could pull uh, it off. She can pull it off. James Marsden at 24 cannot pull off 18. No, no, he cannot. Nick Stahl, I don't think, can either. He was well, well. Wait a minute. No, he was a year younger than her. He was nineteen. I think Nick Stahl and uh, the character played UV were able to pull it off. But then again, they're just right. supposed to be kind of degenerate or outcasts anyway. So really, you can right. get away with a lot of, of age in that with some makeup in there too, you know. And uh, I I didn't mind Nick Stahl's character. He just kind of um, you know, the, as those woke individual. Um, I'd known him from uh, Carnival and uh, Terminator Three. Uh, kind of always a uh, short-lived HBO series that was pretty cool. Um, I never watched it because people said it was Carnival. It was Carnival, like how people say Chocolat when it's chocolate. But oh yeah, well then you know excuse excuse me. Let me just uh, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying that always bothered me. Uh, he was also you know? in uh, Thin Red Line. 
Um, he wasn't. Th- well, everybody was in thin red line. Uh, Eric, I, 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 I want to hear your opinion on this one. And Sarah, I don't know why, but I, I want to. The opening blowjob scene where he snaps her neck. <laughs> that was crazy. Guys, what a guys. way to get you in the movie. I'm just. It, it's crazy. Well, it wasn't just that kill. It was. Uh, it was the dialogue. Yeah. No, the dialogue was horrible. But it's like, I mean, he's got to keep like, his fluids. I mean, like, I just. <laughs> I don't know if it's every woman's dream to go down on a guy, but to go down on a guy and then to get your neck snapped does not sound like a good way to go for the ladies. Poor Mary Jo. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's obviously <laughs> something to be thinking about. Um, Oof. Yeah, that's it's not a, a great... Uh, I, I did have... Before I realized it was like a, a brain implant, I wasn't sure if they had kind of turned the, the teens into robots. I'm like, oh, maybe he just needs like... Little oil, you know, he needs his fluids oh. changed. There you go. <laughs> a little oil, a little, little. Yeah, a yeah. nice little, little innuendo in there. I just, um, I, I enjoyed that scene just because of how corny it was. The name, even Mary Jo, just, just kind of almost, just kind of was a nod to any of like that, that fifties, you know. Oh, we're going up to make out, you know, Cliff or whatever the hell, and uh, that's exactly when anything would happen right the right the maniac on the loose the the wolf the wolf at the full moon whatever the hell mm-hmm. I, I i think it was just a little bit of that um and i i enjoyed that um but again like everything just has to happen right there just has to be nick Stahl's character watching his dog just has to bark of course the cop has to be on and on it you know it there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of these just like you know surprise non-surprises like the movie tries to like reveal this, but she's like, "Yeah, well, we kind of, we we figured that one out, you know." Well, movie, thanks well, for catching up. Well, could to go on that, to go on that, then I think this is a good part of the show where we should bring this up then, because another movie that we are going to be reviewing this year in our '90s horror is going to be The Faculty. Okay. Mm-hmm. How is this any different than The Faculty? The faculty is the same kind of setup. It's the same thing. Like, nothing makes sense. Wait, what are those kids snorting out of those pens? Wait a minute, why is Elijah Wood a heartthrob? Wait a minute, why did this guy in this movie just snap a girl's neck from giving him it? Like, it just, nothing makes sense. So how is, like, the faculty to consider better than this? Well, that's a good question. I, I, without spoiling here, Jordan. You got to spoil it, because that's a good question. Because this is the same movie. Well, it one literally is. one is with aliens, but it's still the ridiculous. other one is with with a, a psycho doctor, psychological neuro doctor. What's the difference? They're both ridiculous. Well, this one has far better looking people, like James Marsden alone. God, you and James Marsden are oh, fine. You want know the you world really... and James Marsden, Jordan? Are you yeah, serious? Yeah, you're the only one. You're the only one, dude. Not even no. Sarah thinks. No, no. Oh, no. You, you, I'm, Jordan, I'm, I'm, you, Jordan, are the only one. He carried Sonic. I'm on board with James Marsden here. He, he is my Cyclops, okay? Like. Mm. Okay, fine. You want to talk about something sexy? Let's talk about, talk about Lorna. I like, I, like, I like me some Lorna. She was nice. Huh? Yeah. I was guys? not expecting the full frontal nudity. Uh, not full frontal. Excuse me. I did not expect expect the breasts uh, coming out of this movie. Why not? I, think, uh, I mean, the technical is term R. is called a uh, peekaboob. Peekaboob. <laughs> oh, I learned so many new things. Uh, good one. That's what that was. Uh, we got a peekaboob. Yeah. 
Yes, we did. Very unexpected. Um, I don't know. I was expecting, I don't know, I guess less nudity in a horror movie like this. You know, you maybe get a, a not a hint, but a, I don't know where I'm going with this. I was not expecting it. It was a surprise for me. Was it the funny thing is that Siri actually brought up a good point because horror teen movies in the 80s were all about the TNA. And and when then we got then we got horror movies in the 90s that didn't show a lot of skin. Scream didn't show any oh excuse me, any skin. This was surprising. <laughs> Haunt of Hill Austin. I mean, like, there's gonna be a lot of movies you're gonna be reviewing this year. No skin. And this was one of the rare ones that I find very interesting. But I just, I like Lorna's wrong, bad, wrong, bad. Mm -hmm. To me, it was like a Christian girl after the poop hole loophole happened. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a a pretty good example. You two are uncomfortably giggling, but every single person listening to this episode at that moment just fucking spit their coffee while they're driving to work. (laughs) Because that's funny. Like, I don't want to yeah. go all, you know, I don't want to go all the way, baby. You know, poopo loopo. No, no, then, we, we, you know, you didn't need wrong, to explain bad, it. wrong, bad. And then just slams her head in a mirror because it's because it was wrong. So uh, what That's else what bothers me is that in this movie, just the way that it starts and the way it rolls out really does play very much just like a storyboard of A, B, C, then you know, D, it just going right down the line, you know, of just, just hitting the marks, checking the boxes, and, and just moving along here. The uh, family moves from out of town. They're the new people in town. They're chasing a past, obviously, that's very dark. They're at the new kids in school. There's a hidden thing going on at the school. There's a few woke students that warn this new kid that, hey, man, you better watch out because our school has got some fucked up shit in it. And then there's the people who are uh, obviously messed up. We've seen this a lot, just like you said, in, in the faculty, and I'm sure that in many other movies as well, it's been the exact same. Um, so with that being said, you just basically kind of fill in, you know, color your own color in the in the coloring book that you have and make it your own. So what made this movie unique? Besides, was it the blue ribbons? Was it just the good-looking people uh, itself? I think what made this movie unique, for my uh, – good question, by the way. From my perspective, um, there was these little blips of – I don't want to say it, but I don't know how else to say it. These little blips of just realistic genius. Like, okay, uh, Chug, right, uh, when he's in the basement um, with with uh, with Katie Holmes, and he's like, will you go out with me? She's like, no, and he just screams, why not? It's like, oh, that got real for a second. Right, because you could so see that happening in real life. So, like, yeah. there's like there's like blips of that in this movie that I think that if a actual great director kind of put his hands on, I think could have made this a really really good psychological thriller kind of thing going on. Uh, that was one of the scenes I liked. What about you, Sarah? Was is was something to go off of Eric's question there? What you thought? No. Uh, uh I got nothing. Oh. Nothing. I didn't say Rachel this time. I did not say you didn't Rachel. I appreciate that. No problem. You did not think that the chug screaming at Katie Holmes was not creepy at all to you? It was. It was. Yes. You know, being a, a woman in the basement, nobody else is there. Uh, yeah, it could have gotten real bad real fast. Um, and I think the. I mean, obviously, the only thing that saved her was the janitor's rat radio thing. 
Um, but even the eradicator, like, the eradicator, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. But even the janitor, like he kind of stood by and watched, which bothered me. Um, saw all of this happening and didn't step in at all. Like, well, he, come he on, had, man. Well, he had to finish first, I guess, right? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that was a good one. That's actually better than my other one. That was a good joke, man. Um, so, okay, so just just go with me on this for one second, guys. We're going to talk about the ending here in a little bit. We'll go back and forth. But so doctor comes to this town and the state of Washington is like, hey, do you like your kids smoking dope and being, you know, ironic like the 90s? No. Well, I'm going to lobotomize them or a brain implant and they're going to make them like the 50s by gosh. And they're like, yeah, let's do that because that sounds like a great idea. And then all this stuff happens. And at the end of the movie, I paused rewound three times and then the movie when the fucking car goes over the cliff at the end (laughs) there's like a handful of high school kids going down with it yep Mm -hmm. and i'm like um so none of these parents at all are gonna be like oh little oh little johnny like yeah that's that's exactly the first thing, mm-hmm. while this movie was going on, actually, the first thing that they kind of came to my attention and stuck with me throughout the entire movie is, you know, where were the parents at? No, but like, they signed their kids onto this this new program, and then they just fuck off for the rest of the movie, and we're never to see them or hear from them again. These kids are out running wild in the woods. I I want to know if they knew about what was going on if they knew about what treatment it was or if they just thought that there was some sort of weekend thing where they just kind of sit down and rap to the kids you know and and they just change their mind and make them all academic because they're all then going into the meeting saying that hey our kids are acting real weird and it's scaring us and i would think that more of a flag would have been raised um you know, and especially when, especially when you report to the police, and the police just like, "Yeah, you're, you're being crazy, lady. Your kid's fine." You know, hundred percent right. I mean, I, I think again, like I said, in the hands of a better director, or even by got a better writer, stuff like themes like that could have been explored better. You know, maybe like maybe the parents got involved at the end and said, "You know, we ain't gonna take this anymore," kind of stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, but that doesn't happen. Those are the but those are the type of things that again when ignored make for the date movie you know like this is mm-hmm. just kind of just just right over real quick because that's another twenty minutes right there mm-hmm. and we don't yeah. need that yeah that's it uh, yeah okay <laughs> all these kids this slew of kids that you see kind of stalking Steve towards the end they all go into the water and somehow. The cop is still around. The cop who pulled the kids over, who knew what was going on, but nothing is said about him at the end of the movie. Got clipped. What happened to the cop? He got clipped by that car, too, right? And nothing about Nick Stahl, either. Well. Oh, wait. No, Sarah, you had done some extra research, actually, on some endings, right? I did myself, but Sarah, if you want to take it, you're more than welcome to. (laughs) Well, there was an author, I think, couple alternate endings mm-hmm. uh one of which hold on uh one of which there was some uh some fun stuff going on between rachel and steve love scene. Um, yes a, a love scene 
um, that was cut, but then an alternate ending where Gavin, who I, I assume is is the actor we keep talking about, Nick Stahl, uh, yes, Nick Stahl, thank you. Uh, Gavin is on the ferry. Um, he surprises Steve. He pl- Steve pleads with Gavin. Gavin makes some reference to Trent Reznor, his idol, uh, and then is <laughs> shout out, to, shout out to Trent Reznor. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then UV. His buddy, his pal, shoots him, uh, and he dies on the ground. And everybody is sad. Right. Which, that alternate ending, I think, is better because, like, does that alternate ending tell us, was was Gavin actually lobotomized or was he playing possum? Because he was the only one that was not affected by the eradicator. Was he around for the eradicator? It doesn't matter at this point. I'm just asking. I mean, all yeah. the other students were, all the other students, all the blue ribbons were fucked up from the eradicator, eradicator in that alternate ending. And Gavin wasn't the wasn't the one. He didn't want to go. Boom. He pretends to be lobotomized. He pretends to, you know, play nice until, you know, boom. He's going to bring out that Trent Reznor reference for absolutely no reason because Nine Inch Nails was not a thing in 1998. So I don't know why he would bring up Trent Reznor. But, hey. What? You know. Nice deals for not, I'm not going to get into it. I most certainly, most certainly it was. What? What? Nine Inch Nails was not a thing in 1998. Moving on. Okay, we'll move on. I mean, get, in, get into spiral into this. I it, that's a monster album that's still being referenced by, by Nick Stahl as Gavin Strick in this movie, but uh, I assume that the lovemaking scene was cut out because it was too beautiful. Secondly, I also assume that um, uh, Gavin, uh, there's no way he could have been playing the part. I mean, it would contradict his character completely in the start of the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, would it, though? Yes, but it what would. What would the benefit be? Why would he do it? To because survive. He doesn't, he doesn't just become, to survive. He doesn't become a blue ribbon just at the end. He is, like, a, almost abducted by them, if I remember correctly, yeah, and well, taken by them. And... Yeah, his parents signed him up for it. Yeah, yeah, his parents signed him up for it. Keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. Look, I'm not saying that that actually happened. I'm just trying to give an alternate reality to a movie that does not need to have that alternate reality. I'm just trying to figure out why would that alternate ending be there? What was the reasoning for it? Because always an alternate ending is always the original ending. And then they change it for theatrical release. So there's a reason why he was not affected by the Eradicator. There was a reason. Sure, and um, I'm sure there are an extra clips somewhere else or will be explained in the sequel. There is, because if you ever turn into the Sci-Fi Network or Comet, those two networks are known to play the unofficial director's cut slash fan edit without notice that's a thing that's literally a thing wow okay so one of these days if you're on tv and it's like you're on sci-fi anytime you're on sci-fi or if you're on comet tv network and this movie's playing it's the unofficial director's cut slash fan edit gotta watch it to the end same with the bis too watch all the way to the end you get the tidal wave ending But you know, there, there is, there is, there is one thing I do want to talk about uh, that I feel like I have to talk about before we uh, give our pocket ratings for this, though. And I think what is very popular with this, with this movie, is not just the movie, but it's the theme song, you know, "Flagpole Sit Up" by 
Harvey Danger. Sarah, do you know this song? I do. This is still to this day, if it's on the radio for some reason, or if I just skip in my Amazon music playlist, I blare this fucking song still. <laughs> like this is this song is perfect late nineties angst. Like this song is perfect for this movie. Am I am I wrong? No, it uh definitely helped market the movie and the song just as well too. Every radio station had that song playing. You had that ad blaring along with it. I mean, that song was on repeat for most radio stations, at least around here. And mm-hmm. again, when you have, and a lot of movies did this too, when they obviously paired a song with it, um, and they just played the songs to death, and it just helps completely market the hell of the movie, and it completely just just uh, destroys obviously you know any integrity the movie might have. I'll bring to mind uh, Godzilla 2000 that we all remember, where. Mm-hmm everything which is marketed to shit out of that movie and then we had all the song the soundtrack that came along with it too it was just yeah man that movie was a monster it made so much money mm-hmm. but uh that was terrible but I, it works the 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 song with the movie and and the release of both everyone wins right Every, everyone wins, and the only reason why they picked that song was just because he said paranoid everybody's coming to get me I bought that album by the way. Yeah, you and everybody else. Me and everybody else. And there's nothing on that album at all. It's kind of like, you know, uh, that album reminded me of the Offsprings Americana in 1998, where it had Pretty Fly for a White Guy. Sure. Like, like nobody listened to any song on that album but that. Yeah, even you buy so the album it, for the one thing. That's when, right. it got, oh, yeah, I remember those, those times where FYE Mm-hmm. And you go oh, to yeah. here and uh, get your disturbing behavior poster with your album, twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. Look, um, so before a hundred percent, we get into pop ratings. Like I can see that Sarah's kind of like eh about it a little bit, but I'm telling you though, from the dreck that we're going to be witnessing throughout the rest of the year, this movie is just a great late '90s horror, just. It, it is in the same realm as the faculty. It's in the same realm as uh, House on Haunted Hill, which we'll be reviewing later this year. It's just in that realm. And it's, it's, I have seen worse. I have seen Children of the Corn 666. So that came out the same time. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very clever to name the sixth movie 666, <laughs> by the way. By the way, yeah, that's like all, that's yeah. like Fast and Furious level marketing right there, right? That is, Sarah. Do you know that there are nine Children of the Corn movies? I did not know there was more than one. Yet the ninth one just got released last year. Well, great. We'll, we'll start you out with number four, the classic. Yeah, the Gathering. Anyway, no, oh, wait a minute. We should give Urban Harvest when the when the when the corn. <laughs> that uh, one's pretty pretty messed up, Harvest. man. Uh, uh, okay, we'll say this and we'll do a pop word. Sarah, Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest, literally is a cornfield rising in the middle of Chicago. What? And like like a condemned brick building, like a lot yeah. of, a, of a building. Right. And in, 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 in Chicago. A demon comes up from it. Chaos happens. Uh, hack, uh, it, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. It's amazing. Urban Harvest. Children of the Corn 3. 
Okay, well, I'll just add it to my ever-growing list of movies I need to watch. And, no, please uh, don't. We'll get to it one day. Don't. No, we'll, please see we'll put it at the very bottom. For a Halloween, very we'll do like a Children of the Corn oh, uh, marathon or something like that. I don't, oh, can, I don't Can we want... eat a lot of corn, too? No, candy, you don't. Candy corn. Corn, chowder, corn. Candy corn? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Well, speaking of perfect indoor popcorn ratings, Eric. Please make me happy on this one. What is your popcorn rating for disturbing behavior? Let me make you happy on this one. Come on, I, make me happy. I don't even know what that means. Uh, okay, so this is a just a factory movie, just cut, you know, cut and paste, just without a doubt. This is a small bag. I enjoyed it. I'll put some extra butter on it just because I enjoyed it. I'll even go back and get a refill. But it's a small bag. This thing's not any more than it should be. Is just a paint by numbers movie and it's exactly what we got anyone could have starred in these roles uh any director could have shot the same thing it, it's just an easy movie um some jump scares that were unnecessary we got some tank tops where they needed to be and um that's just just what we got we got some we got a free titty out of it too uh it's rated r so i like some f-bombs that were, were tossed in there it, it helps out uh, some of the kills were, were silly, but fun. The car going over the cliff is just, you know, it, it's so dumb that it's just, you know, you're almost like in shock because like, you don't even, it doesn't register at first, you know, just like, is this, is this it? Like, what else is there going to be? And then there isn't. And, uh, that's, what's disturbing about this movie. Okay. All right. Uh, I myself have given this one a medium bag. I've always loved this this one this one has always been crazy and, and kooky to me um just like every time i watch this movie i always re, uh am reminded of my boyfriend's back if you guys remember that That's zombie a unique movie. pull yeah well it's just because you know I, I i watched all these movies growing up from uh, like usa network or like tnt like they just played this stuff constantly and like it was always like boyfriend's back was always you know, like around during this too, always constantly being played. So it was always, it was always fun to kind of just, it just reminds me of it. Uh, but um, this movie is, it's, it's funny. Uh, it is uh, ridiculous. And Eric, I actually would disagree with you. I think that if you have three unnamed actors or actresses in these three roles, I think it would do the movie worse because James Marsden, I don't like it, but the guy can't act. So he knows what he's doing. Kitty Holmes can't act, but you know she's something to see because of Dawson's Creek at this time. And Nick, and Nick Stahl, he, he's up and down. But the movie overall is just—it's just—it's just fun. It's like you haven't seen a disturbing behavior. Check this shit out. So medium bag for me. I, I just thoroughly enjoy it. It's just ridiculous fun. Sarah, oh, you're not going to be nice, are you? I. Uh- well, I, I am going to give it a small bag, but I am keeping a running list of all of the horror movies, and I am ranking them, and this did not fall to the very bottom. So we are. this movie is firmly in the middle for me. Just, it was a movie. Um, I was really hoping <laughs> that the ending was not going to be uh, the one guy escapes and he becomes a teacher and, you know, kind of continues everything. I really wanted uh, either the sister or Katie Holmes to one day just kind of nonchalantly refer to uh, him as Steven and that look in his eye like, oh, shit, one of them got turned. I wanted that ending. Very nice, I thought yeah. that would have been a lot better. 
That would have been that would have been like your stereotypical, you know, like body, body thing, snatchers, right? right. Yeah. yeah, I thought that would have been just a much better ending. It would have been a lot of been a little bit better than the than the than the Trent Reznor reference. Yes. <sighs> okay. All right. Well, I don't want you to tell me the list until the end because that's actually the ending show of our wrap up coming later this year of where we rank them. So keep that list. Uh, but also here for the fans, we don't awfully do this, but this was a request sent from one of our uh, website hosts. They asked if we could please do this. So I, I, I emailed back to them that we would. So a little plug here for the, for the fans listening. If you are a podcaster or you're interested in doing podcasting, check out podbean.com. Why? Because they're having an event coming up this weekend called uh let's see here it's called podbean finance where you can learn everything about advertising your shows they're having a big seminar one of the founders of reddit is going to be there and also one of the founders of gamestop is going to be there doing a live stream talking to fans uh answering questions for them and the tickets are 39 dollars and 99 cents but if you listen to this show and if you're interested in this live stream when you go to podbean.com and you go to checkout, type in the code podbean, F-P-W, and that $39 ticket will be completely free. It's a four-hour live stream event. Check it out. Again, when you check out, go to podbean, P-F-W, to have this live stream all about financing for podcasting. I don't like to do that, so there you go. I, that, that's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. Sarah, it was so awesome for you to join us for this one. I'm so glad that you're doing this 90s horror with us. I'm having so much fun. I actually think you are. Like, this is, this is, you're going to, oh, God. Okay, Sarah, uh, after this, we will, we will end the show with this. I'm just curious. All I want from you, if it's okay, just a simple yes or no, Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm going to ask you the names of these movies oh, and gosh. a yes that you've seen it or a no you haven't. Okay. Okay. Go. This this is the remainder of the list for the rest of the year in no particular order. Okay. Mm-hmm. The faculty. A very long time ago. Yes. Okay. Scream. Oh, yes. No. House on Haunted Hill. I don't think so. I know what you did last summer. No. Blair Witch Project. No. An American Werewolf in Paris. No. Halloween H2O. I've seen the original, but not that one. That one. So every single movie besides The Faculty coming up, you have not seen. Correct. Oh, dude, this is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. Like to always check us out at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. All of our social media networks and also wherever <laughs> you download our your most recent podcast, we are on that platform. Thank you so much, and we'll be back next week for another awesome episode of Movie Guys Podcast. Have a good night. <laughs>